Hello and welcome to another edition of the Power Sweep Podcast presented by North Coast Sports. Once again, Antonio Castro joined by Chris Van Dyne, two of the handicappers here at North Coast Sports. And uh, before we get into this week's matchups, I uh, just want to tell you, uh, just super excited about what's going on here at North Coast Sports. I mean, we had another five-star release last week uh, that ended up winning in our uh streak right now is just incredible um uh, college sides and totals win a combined eight and one last week uh totals win a perfect three and oh this weekend we have our totals game of the month going uh so we really want you to jump on board uh with our late phone selections this weekend you can do so for as low as 99 dollars. that'll get you all of our late phone side selections all of our late phone total selections and all of our nfl late phone selections on sunday uh, if you call by thursday you'll get our thursday friday and monday night marquees as well absolutely included in that 99 dollars price so just want to let you aware uh, you can get that as low as 99 dollars. give us a call Toll-free 1-800-654-3448, 1-800-654-3448. Uh, ask how you can get this weekend for as low as $99, and uh, certainly uh, take advantage of that. I mean, our, our NFL top play is an undefeated 6-0 and this year. Their big games are 3-1 and overall this year. Uh, college sides nine and three the last two weeks. I mean, I can't go over uh, all of our records that have just been dominant um, uh, over the last few weeks, over the last really month here at North Coast Sports. Just very, very excited to be uh, a customer here and working here and, and all the hard work paying off and uh, really, really, really excited about that. All right. Well, enough about that. Want to get uh, to what everybody is uh, come, come on here and listen for, of course, uh, going over some of the games this week. We picked out a good slate of games, I feel, Chris. I mean, we're going to start off uh, in SEC country, of course, where we start off. seems like every week you're the SEC coordinator here, conference coordinator that knows everything up and down about the, uh, about the SEC and what game to start off with Mississippi State going to LSU into Death Valley, a top 25 matchup. Of course, Mississippi State's ranked number 22, LSU. Uh, number five in the country at six and one, three and zero oh in the uh, in the SEC. Now against the spread, though Mississippi State is four and two. LSU is conversely just four and three. So Mississippi State does have the better spread record. Um, the line for this game opened up at a touchdown for LSU. It's moved down slightly. Uh, finding the lines at now six and a half for LSU. So LSU backers uh, take advantage of that hook that is that you don't have to. Uh, lay now with that six and a half point spread. I like that. Uh, when I looked at this matchup, Chris, initially, I always look at the schedule uh, matchup and see where teams are at, who they faced off, where they got going on next. And, uh, you know, I look, I look at the schedule edge. It does favor the Bulldogs, Mississippi State. Uh, you know, they are off a bye. LSU off that physical game versus Georgia. But I got to tell you, I, I like I, despite that situation, I still like LSU in this game, being in Death Valley and uh, at night especially, and the fact that they've played uh, you know, the tougher schedule from what it appears. Now, uh, I look at the, the trench matchup in this game, Chris, and I see you know you got Nick Fitzgerald, the quarterback of Mississippi State, and Kylan Hill, uh, two, two solid, solid players for that offense, really the top two players in that offense. But when I look at them and I see that they had combined for just 107 yards, averaging just over two yards a carry in those back-to-back -back losses versus Kentucky and Florida, I look at LSU's defensive line, Chris. They held Georgia to just 113 yards, averaging 3.8 yards, 3 .8 yards per carry last week. 
And uh, I, I just I see LSU being able to shut down Mississippi State's offense. And then I look at Mississippi State's defense. They allowed Kentucky 229 rushing yards, including 165 by Benny Snell. Of course, LSU has that two-headed monster in their backfield with uh, Nick Brissett and Clyde Ed, uh, uh, Edwards-Hilaire. I think LSU can take advantage of that. Am I crazy? I would say LSU lay the touchdown or lay six and a half. I think they can cover the spread. Well, another thing in LSU's favor is they are playing with legitimate revenge here after getting smoked uh, 37-7 at Mississippi State last year. Uh, The big question for me is can LSU emotionally be up again three weeks in a row? They had the big game against Florida a couple weeks ago where they didn't come out in favor of them. Uh, And then they had a big bounce-back effort last week against Georgia. And it was really impressive the way they were able to both run the ball and stop the run against the Bulldogs. So uh, you you got to think you can stop one Bulldog, you can stop another. Well, one thing I like about LSU, when Ed Orgeron has a 100-yard rusher, 16-0 and since he's been the head coach, uh, they're averaging 275 rushing yards a game. And LSU can shut the the run down, and if you do that against Mississippi State, Nick Fitzgerald has not looked even as as good of a passer as he he was in the last couple of years under Dan Mullen. So uh, LSU's defense has a significant edge as far as being able to force Fitzgerald into throwing the ball. Uh, Mississippi State's no, offense number 59 in the country, averaging 29 yards per game more than their opponents are allowing. But LSU's offense is actually coming in number 18. Averaging 87 yards per game more than their opponents allow, which you wouldn't think based on the the numbers that LSU's putting up. You know, Joe Burrow's been solid, but not spectacular, but he's done enough to win games. Look for LSU defense led by linebacker Devin White, you know, possible All-American candidate, and safety Grant Delpit, who's absolutely been fantastic this year. Three interceptions, four pass breakups, uh, possible all-conference guy in the SEC. Look for that defense to take control of this game. Ed Orgeron, 14-4 and against the spread versus the SEC. And uh, Mississippi State, 0-3 is an away dog. It seems like Orgeron has kind of taken it out on those SEC teams. A lot of people underestimated him as a head coach, including myself. Yeah, I did as well, Chris. Yeah, so, uh, again, all that points to uh, LSU being able should, – should be able to uh, handle that line. We both like LSU in this one. So – from one top 25 matchup, we go to another top 25 matchup. We go from the SEC to the Big Ten. Uh, of course, little brother game, number six, Michigan, 6-1, and 4-0 and in the Big Ten. Number 24, Michigan State, 4-2. and Has only dropped one Big Ten game. Uh, Michigan comes in at 4-3 and against the spread. Michigan State is 2-4. and uh, and, you know, one of the things with Michigan coming into this season, obviously there was a lot of critics that were harsh on Jim Harbaugh. Uh, of course, uh, you know, playing in the, one of the, the main thing was these rivalry games. And, you know, Michigan didn't look good in the opener against Notre Dame. Well, comes to find out this Notre Dame team is pretty solid, if you ask me. And uh, they got they got a, a nice win, a dominant win versus a ranked team. Uh, the, the, the critics are going to come out this week and say, okay, Michigan, they've dropped 17 straight games on the road versus AP top 25 teams. Of course, the 17th straight game was that Notre Dame road opener that they ended up losing. Now they, they go on the road, play a top 25 team. The line opens at Michigan minus seven. It hasn't moved at all. It's still minus seven. So even money looks like on both sides. Uh, but I think 
I know series history tells you to lean with Michigan State in this. I mean, then why wouldn't it? They've won uh, eight out of the last ten on the scoreboard. They've covered ten in a row in this matchup ever since those little brother comments were made uh, by Mike Hart uh, many, many years ago, many, many moons ago. Uh, Michigan State has dominated this rivalry, but they come in this game. They're extremely banged up on offense. Uh, they were carved up for 205 yards uh, on the ground last week, over six yards of carry versus Penn State. Easily could have lost that game. I do give them the respect. They had the big upset in Happy Valley coming on, though. Another physical game uh, against Michigan back-to-back. I don't like that against the banged-up Michigan State team. And I also think that Michigan's offense is really beginning to gel. They had a season-high 320 rushing yards last week, averaged 6.7 yards per carry against that Wisconsin defensive line. Michigan State, I know they've got a great defensive line, but as I mentioned previously, they did get carved up last week. It was their worst rushing uh, defensive performance of the season. That was against a Penn State offense that does not have the type of offensive line and does not have the offensive uh, game right now that Michigan is showing. So I like Michigan's offense in this game. I think Michigan is going to end that 10-year ATS streak run, and I think Michigan, they look dominant. They look like the premier team in the Big Ten to me so far this year, and I think Michigan is going to handle this line and be able to win comfortably versus Michigan State this weekend. Well, let me tell you a little story about having a little brother that beats you all the time. When I was younger, me and my little brother played basketball all the time, one-on-one, and I just got sick of him beating me after a while. And there was a day where we were playing, and I needed to make a shot to win the game. And I looked at him, I pointed at him, and I said, John, you will always be my little brother. And I drilled a step-back three in that game to win. And from then on... The, the dichotomy of our basketball games changed a little bit. Why am I telling you this? Because I think that applies here. I think Michigan's about to have their you are always going to be my little brother moment, and they're, they're going to point that out in impressive fashion this week. The, the one thing I've noticed with Michigan State, you're used to them running the ball well. You know, you think back to the days of Le'Veon Bell and other guys. They've had um, only 123 rushing yards per game this year, 3.4 yards per carry. Haven't ran for more than four yards a carry in a single game this year. And that would, if the season were to end right now, that would be the lowest number under Mark D'Antonio that they've posted. So... That This isn't a game where you figure out how to start getting your running game going. And I, I think that Michigan's defensive line will control Michigan State and dominate them in the trenches. Wolverines are only allowing 109 yard, rushing yards per game, also only allowing 51% completion. Uh, and they've got 20 sacks. So they're, they're doing in all facets on defense. Spartans are allowing 62 rushing yards a game. But like you said, Penn State gashed them last week. So I think that Michigan has that moment where they say, you are always going to be my little brother, and they're going to put it down this week. Yeah, I think Harbaugh's just getting tired of all that, uh, all the talk, all the rivalry talk, and he's he's just too too good of a coach to to still have limited success against those rivals. So we uh, we both uh, lean in with uh, Michigan in this game. All right, one top, another top twenty-five matchup that we want to take a take a look at this week uh, in ACC country. Uh, you got number sixteen, NC State, battle of undefeated teams, five and zero, taking on uh, Clemson, number three, of course, in the country. They're undefeated at six and zero. Uh, the line opened up Clemson minus 17, which seems high based on the fact that you've got two undefeated teams. It's dropped 
slightly. There are some 16 and a halfs out there, some 17, so it's uh, around the same, but you might be able to find uh, minus 16 and a half. And uh, when I look at this, Chris, uh, I'm not afraid to lay the points with the Tigers, and, and, and here's why. Uh, I look at uh, NC State, the strength. Of course, they have a great quarterback in Ryan Finley, and, and I know I look at Clemson, and I look at their past efficiency, past efficiency defensive ranking uh, in our rankings, and I see it's just number 66. However, I do like the fact that Clemson has already seen a couple of uh, pretty solid passers in Kellen Mond from Texas A&M and Derek Dungy from Syracuse. I think those type of quarterbacks that, that they saw earlier this year will get them up to speed against Ryan Finley, and despite them just being number 66 in our PDR, Chris, you know they have only allowed 49% completions and just five touchdown passes, so I like that out of Clemson. Of course, they have the best defensive line in the country. Uh, I think they have a huge line across the line of scrimmage, both offensively and defensively. Uh, I, While it's close, I mean, it, it is a close, the, the line is close to where I think it's going to end up. I do favor Clemson slightly against the spread in this one. I do feel that they're going to be able to, to get by NC State uh, rather impressively just by under three touchdowns. Uh, you're the ACC expert, though. Am I crazy? When I first looked at this game and I saw the line, I, I was like, wow, that's really high to me. And it, it is a lot of points. Um, but looking at it, the first thing that bothers me is NC State's toughest game has come against Boston College, who is missing their best player. And they did jump out 28-3 to in that game. And if you look at the score, it's kind of misleading. It's only a five-point win. But it was Boston College who had gotten smoked by Purdue a couple weeks ago. Uh, a couple weeks before that, and they just haven't had that competition that you're seeing when you play Clemson. Um, prior to the bye, Clemson flexed their muscles versus Wake Forest, who has a potent offense. 63-3 to held Wake Forest to 7-for-27 and 70 yards passing. So this secondary is getting better. I think those uh, the, the pass efficiency D rankings got skewed a little bit when they played A&M. They gave up a lot of passing yards because they got out ahead, and they were also missing a couple guys in their secondary for that game. Uh, Travis Etienne is actually popping up on some Heisman talk. He's topped 100 yards in the last three, and he put the team on his back in that Syracuse game when uh, when Lawrence went down and they had the redshirt freshman Chase Bryce quarterbacking. So look for him to have another big game. They actually had three 100-yard rushers for the first time in school history against Wake Forest. Uh, Wolfpack offensive line has only allowed two sacks all season, but they've struggled to run the ball. And again, they haven't seen a defensive line of this nature uh, you know, it's and it's not just the the four guys that we all know. It's also a couple guys, true freshmen, uh, that, that they brought in this year that are, are really impressive. Uh, Clemson la- held the last four foes to the season low yards. Number two on defense, holding opponents to 186 yards per game below their average. I don't mind laying the points here, although I'm not uh, eager to jump on this game completely. But I, I would, if I had to choose, I would take Clemson minus the points. Yeah, basically a gun to your head type of pick. Go with Clemson in this one. I I can I can certainly get behind that. Uh, okay, well we, we talked about a couple of uh, top twenty five matchups featuring Power Five teams. Uh, let's go to a team that hasn't been ranked. 
Uh, I think it's been since 2009, I want to say, 2012. Cincinnati ranked number 20 in the country. They're undefeated. Cincinnati 6-0, not the Bengals. I'm talking about the Bearcats uh, going into Philadelphia, taking on an improving, much improving Temple squad, kind of like last year where they got off to a slow start, uh, really finding their way now in, in the middle of the season. Temple is only 4-3 and now. However, they are 3-0 and in the American Athletic Conference and uh, the, the line for this game, they are favored. Temple is the favorite, despite losing three games in Cincinnati, coming in undefeated. Uh, it opened up at just over a field goal. Temple at minus three and a half. The line hasn't budged a, a, a point. It's still that exact same, uh, minus three and a half. This game it has huge implications in the American Athletic East Division uh, on the line, with both teams obviously uh, being still undefeated in conference play, and both of them have conference championship game uh, aspirations. Uh, now, when I look at Cincinnati, they're doing a dynamic job on offense I like what I'm seeing you know out of, out of Ritter who's who's a dual threat quarterback Michael Warren the running back has been able to to run pretty much on everybody this year but then I look at at Temple and I, I look at them and, I, and if you take out the Navy game obviously you know with them against the run and Navy's triple option offense and you take out their game against Boston College because let's face it this is not a power five Cincinnati team that has a running back with the skill set of Dylan no shame on Michael Warren I'm not discounting him but I, but let's be honest when you compare Dylan and Michael Warren I mean everybody's going to take Dylan 10 out of 10 times so you take those two games out of Temple and you realize they're only they're only allowing uh, three and a half yards per carry uh, they have an excellent pass d- defense. They're only allowing 53% completions. As a matter of fact, they rank 34 in our pass efficiency defense rankings. Plenty good enough to slow down Warren and Ritter. Uh, Temple's running back, uh, Raquel Armstead, he sat out a couple of games ago. They are in off a bye, so they're fresh. Uh, he should return. He was running the ball magnificently before he went down with injury. Uh, I do expect him to come back uh, for this game. And Chris Cincinnati not used to being ranked. They're also playing with unbeaten pressure. But you go back and you look at them being at 6-0, and and you realize, man, I see they're 6-0, and and you say, man, it hasn't happened very often with this team. And, and, you, and I go back, I look at their schedule, and I say, well, yeah, you look at to see who they played, and, and you add it all up, and their schedule amounts to our 117th toughest schedule. So, yeah, Cincinnati's undefeated. You can only play what's in front of you, but let's be honest here. They haven't had the toughest slate of games. Temple is an improved team. Temple is the best team they've seen so far this year. Temple gets the win and the cover in my eyes. Well, the the, the uh, thing that really surprises me, aside from Cincinnati being 6-0, and is the offense. Because especially when you consider that Luke Fickle's a defensive guy, Jeff Collins for Temple's a defensive guy. I, I looked at this game, and I felt like these two teams were really even. Uh, both teams run the ball well. You mentioned Armstead. He has four 100-yard games. He's run for 626 yards. Michael Warren's run for 664. He has four 100-yard games. Cincinnati defends the pass well. They're number six in our pass efficiency D. Temple's number 34. That's still pretty good. Uh, Cincinnati hasn't faced the best schedule, number 117. Temple's been a little better, number 84. So it seems like those things are pretty even. Um Temple being eight and four as a as a home favorite, playing against a team that's undefeated, and we saw it uh, earlier in this year when Boston College got ranked for the first time in quite a while, and they lost the next week. It's tough to play when you get that you get that those accolades, and you, you start having people pat you on the back saying how good you are. Um, <clears throat> I think the Temple has the edge there, and 
I, I just like a, a team that has to win here in Temple because if they want to get to a bowl game, they need to start getting some wins. So it's got to happen, and, and this is a big game for them, and they're favored to win, so I'll take Temple. I'm with you. Yeah, and the, and the players at Temple have played in much bigger games uh, overall in their career than, than Cincinnati has, which is another reason why we like Temple in this game. All right, uh, going from the the group of five matchup that we that we uh, do every week here, uh, we actually have another one on, on, on slate here. But before we get into that, we're going to go to what might be the game of the week. I mean, ESPN thinks so. College game day is going to be in Pullman. Uh, of course, number 12, Oregon, 5-1, and one, going on the road. Wazoo ranked number 25. They're also 5 and 1. Wazoo's 5 and 1 against the spread, Chris. How about that? Both teams are 2 and 1 uh, in conference play. Uh line interestingly enough, this line when it opened up, Oregon was the favorite. They were a one and a half point favorite. That line has shifted all the way to Wazoo now laying a field goal. Now when we originally did our lines, Chris, and when, it, when we had Wazoo by a field goal, we were like, okay, we see the line, Oregon's favored, Wazoo, we, we like Wazoo as the dog, we'll give Wazoo a, a field goal lean. Well, it's exactly the way we think it's going to go now, so it's kind of a toss-up kind of game. But, uh, you know, with game day in the house, uh, in Pullman, the fans are going to be amped up for this game. It's a huge conference game, obviously. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, when I look at teams, I look at the schedule, and I see that Wazoo's going to a great situational edge. They're fresh off a bye. Oregon, they're off that emotional overtime win versus versus Washington. So you got to factor Wazoo's going to be the fresher team in, team for this game, and Oregon, tough tough back to back games right here. Uh, Oregon, their strength is on the D uh, versus the run. At Wazoo, I mean, they're not going to run the ball much. I mean, that's, they have Gardner Minshew back there throwing. There's a big reason why. He's already thrown for nearly 2,500 yards. He's thrown 19 touchdowns, just four interceptions. He's completing nearly 70% of his passes. Again, Oregon's strength on their D is their run defense. Uh, and then you look at Oregon. they got an NFL uh, type of quarterback and Justin Herbert back there. This is the, this, this uh, Washington State defense is extremely good against the pass. They rank number 18 in our pass efficiency defensive rankings, uh, like Wazoo in that matchup. However, again, with the line shifting to Wazoo now minus three, I, I, it's kind of how I feel. I think this game could, again, Oregon's been in the nail-biter last week. They're going to be in another nail-biter uh, this week. I can see Wazoo kicking the game-winning field goal at the end or winning the game in overtime by a field goal in the end. Man, I, it's it's right at our line. I think the game is going to be Wazoo winning by a field goal. Well, one thing I like with Washington State, they've covered the last eight in this series, so you got the series edge there, and Cougars' defense, like you said, very impressive. Only 53% completions allowed, only allowing 311 yards per game. Uh, offense is still number 24, averaging 71 yards per game, more than their opponents are allowing, and their defense comes in number 21 holding opponents to 83 yards per game, less than their opponents are averaging. Uh, Washington State has the edge in pasty, number 18 pasty versus Oregon's number 40. Oregon coming off that emotional uh, emotional win, I should say, against Washington. Uh, You'd think they are in for a little bit of a letdown. This is a tough place to play. I I like Herbert a lot, so it's tough for me to go against Oregon. in the end, when a close game like this, one thing that can be a determining factor is special teams. Washington State, number 15 in our special teams. Oregon, number 93 in our special teams ranking. So 
it looks like to me Washington State has that edge in special teams, and that could be the big difference, especially when you mention comes down to a field goal game. Last week, that was the difference with uh, Washington missing the field goal that would have won in the game. Oregon's kicker is only two for five on the year, so i got to give Washington State the edge in uh, special teams. I think they'll, they'll pull this out at least by three points. I think it could be a little more. So just keep an eye on this line, because obviously this is a game where the line is shifting and it's moving. So, uh, you know, who knows where it's going to be on Saturday when the game is taking place. But, I mean, uh, I don't see it going above a field goal for in Wazoo's favor. If anything, I could see it going back down a little bit, maybe two and a half, uh, two, even Wazoo by one. But I think it's going to fluctuate over the week. So if you see a line that you like, uh, again, I'm willing to go Wazoo all the way up to a field goal. So just uh, uh, let all the listeners out there know about that. All right, and our final uh, matchup that we wanted to look at, we always give away one of our free power sweep plays. Sorry about last week's disappointing uh, finish. Uh, we we, we want to obviously have winners each and every week, and almost every play in the power sweep is, ends up winning, and then we ended up giving away uh, one of our uh, losing plays last week. So what we what we're doing this week, we're going back. We're gonna uh, try this again. We're gonna go with a three star selection. We're gonna go to group of five action. Uh, it, it's in CUSA. My partner in crime here, Chris Van Dyne, he handles the CUSA conference. He knows it up and down. Uh, we got we looked at probably you know this matchup that we felt was very compelling in CUSA, North Texas and UAB. I mean, both teams are very, very good. North Texas is 6-1. and one, UAB is 5-1. and one. UAB still undefeated in conference play. Uh, opened up at North Texas, get, uh, laying a point on the road. Now it's down to a pick, which, eh, that makes sense to me. Uh, but when I looked at this one, Chris, uh, a couple of things really factored into me. Uh, UAB at home perfect i mean they're undefeated both straight up and against the spread the last two years so you're telling me uab uh is perfect and they only have to win the game they're not laying any points okay i like uab there north texas they got a great quarterback in mason fine if you haven't heard of him he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the country he's completed 65 percent of his passes he has a 16 to 1 ratio uh this year however if you take a deeper look inside mason fine's numbers you'll see that the defenses he's played against have averaged just number 86 in our pass efficiency defensive rankings including taking on our number 104 number 126 and number 107 pass efficiency d UAB, on the other hand, you look at them on defense, especially against the pass, they're number 26 in our pass efficiency defensive rankings. They're only allowing 42% completions. Uh, And then the other thing I looked at, Chris, was common foes. I see a game at Louisiana Tech. North Texas, they lost at home versus Louisiana Tech. UAB dominated them on the road, winning by three touchdowns. I like UAB to win this game, and all they have to do is win, and they get the cover. You know, Seth Luttrell, the head coach for North Texas, his name keeps popping up on a lot of people talking about who the next big uh, hire could be for a Power 5 school. But i got to say that when is Bill Clark going to get the love that he deserves? That guy was stepping into the situation he did last year, has done an outstanding job at UAB. I love him as a head coach. And uh, definitely one of the two more underrated head coaches in college football right now. But I love Bill Clark. Uh, The Blazers have held their last two opponents to their season low in yards. You mentioned how good that defense has been. The number 18 in the country holding opponents to 89 yards per game, less than our average. 14 points allowed in their last three games. 
14 points in three games. So this defense is playing well. And the surprising thing is, I was looking at their stats. Their leading tackler has 31 tackles. They're just doing it as a unit. Everyone's contributing on this defense. Uh, you know, Broderick Thomas is probably their best defensive player at safety. They've got a couple linebackers that are pretty solid. But it just seems like they're doing it as a solid unit instead of one guy standing out. So uh, that impresses me. North Texas really hasn't looked right since they beat Liberty 47-7 to earlier this year. Uh, they had that win against Arkansas the week before. But uh, since then, they had that really close game against UTEP, which was kind of weird. Then last week, you see 30-7, to they beat Southern Miss. You think, okay, they're back to normal. Uh, look, at that, look at the box score in that game. It's a little deceiving. North Texas led 10-7 to at half. Southern Miss missed a field goal and then fumbled at the North Texas 8-yard line in the third quarter. North Texas added a couple touchdowns late in the fourth quarter. That completely changes the outlook of that game and Southern Miss was definitely in that into the fourth quarter. So that's a team that I thought North Texas should have put away last week. Uh, at the end of the day, I can't go against the Blazers at home. Ever since they've come back, they had that little layoff where they uh, shut the program down. Since then, they've covered every game at home, won every game at home. I can't pick against them until they, they prove me wrong. Take the Blazers at home. That, that's our pick. Sometimes you just got to go with streaks. And, I mean, the stats back it up, too. I mean, uh, why we like UAB. But the streak is obviously something as well that is a big benefactor uh, for them and, and for us in that pick. All right. Well, uh, before we, we shut this thing totally down again, I want to remind everybody, our marquee or our uh, college totals game of the month goes this weekend. You can get all of our late phone selections, including that totals game of the month, uh, this weekend for just $99, as low as $99. Give us a call, 1-800-654-3448. And then I also want to let you know, if you're not taking advantage of our uh, comp uh, free plays that are absolutely free, I mean, I got to let you know, our button nine complimentary plays have gone 16 and one the last three weeks. I repeat, 16 and one those plays are absolutely free all you got to do is call our comp line and that number is 347-677-1700 we give a free play away there every single day during the football season and it is 16 and one the last three weeks wait what's that phone number 347-677-1700 jump on board this weekend college marquee uh, our college totals game of the month going very very excited for everybody that's already a subscriber we appreciate it uh if you haven't jumped on board give us a try i mean you, you the results speak for themselves folks and we really appreciate everybody uh that is that has jumped on board already this year all right that's going to do it for us for this week's edition of the power suite podcast presented by north coast sports for chris van dyne i'm antonio castro and we will speak to you again next week